Thank you, Pastor Dan. Good morning, everybody. Oh, what a great name for a church, Harvest. That's what it's all about. You know, you know, you know a church is in revival when all the men are in the front dancing. I think the only other place I've seen that on the planet was in Norway when we were ministering there and all the crazy Norwegian Vikings were up in the front dancing. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. Usually it's all the women in the front worshiping God, but this, this church, you got a bunch of wild Holy Ghost on fire men. That's awesome. It's awesome. Well, look, you know, I, I say this, you know, we could go to sports games and get all crazy, you know, then we have to come to church and everyone thinks you have to be all like, oh, praise God, we're in church, you know, let's just be nice in church. No, I think if we could get radical, you know, at a, at a game, we could, you could get radical for Jesus in church. I say the more radical, the better. Come on now, more fire. Praise God. So, you know, I, um, I just really appreciate the work that this house is doing in the region and what you guys are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. And I so also honor uh, Pastor Jim and his wife Peggy. God bless you guys for, for just what you have done for the city and what you have done to impact your region for the kingdom of God. We really honor it. I honor it today. And uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. So we're happy to be here. And I know we have some similar friends in ministry. We love Heidi Baker. She's amazing. And uh, some other folks I'm sure that we're, we're friends with. But we're excited for what Holy Spirit is doing here. And I believe, uh, just get ready, church. Get ready. God is about to explode you to a whole new level. Seriously, get ready. And, and you know, I'm going to share some prophetic things this morning that I feel God has been putting on my heart. Uh, but, you know, just to let you know a little bit more about myself, I've been in full-time travel ministry for maybe 14 years, and I pastored for five years before that and traveled three years before that. So, you know, I went into ministry when I was about five years old. <laughs> Praise God. No, look, I believe the glory of God. The glory, look, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal body. And I believe you could get, look, a Holy Ghost supernatural facelift. Praise God. No, it's in the Bible. Jesus said he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Come on now. I believe in this whole, you know, not just my inner man being renewed, but even my outer man. You know, this thing ain't wasting away. Look, the same spirit will quicken my mortal body. I believe, you know, no wrinkles, no fat in the name of Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Just. <laughs> I have a revelation about fat. Oh, yeah. God gave me a revelation about fat. Talking about fat. So in the Old Testament, you know, God loved the fat offering. He did. In the, if you read the Old Testament, the fat offering was his favorite part of the offering. He loved the aroma of the fat offering. And the Bible says that we're living sacrifices in the New Testament. Come on now. So it's like, look, you're living sacrifice. It's like, here, Jesus, here I am, me and all my fat. Here I am, Jesus. It's all for you, God. Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. People are like, oh, you get married, you end up gaining weight. I'm like, I'm binding that. I'm casting that thing out. I'm like, no, in Jesus' name. But I don't know. Since I got married, I've gained like 15 pounds. And I'm like, no, 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 it will not happen in Jesus' name. So 
I'm in the process of praying for, you know, that anointing that, you know, some of my friends have this fat melting anointing. It's a great anointing. I'm like, Jesus, I need that anointing. Come on. It's a good anointing. How many would like that anointing? I'd like that anointing. Praise God. Or at least accelerate my metabolism, God. <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, my dad, my dad has been in full-time ministry with me for, for this whole time traveling. He's been my full-time travel partner for the last 13 years. And my parents both serve full-time in the ministry with us. And my dad's been with me to over 30 nations of the world. We have, we have run from the secret police in China. We have ran, run from radical Hindus in India. We, look, if, if, if you're sitting around thinking that your Christian life is boring, just go to a Muslim village in Africa and preach the gospel. Your life will not be boring. <laughs> no, and so, you know, I, I shared that with someone once and like, oh, it's so wonderful. You come from this legacy of ministry in your family. And I'm like, no. I'm like, no, my parents weren't in ministry. They're like, oh, they weren't. I'm like, no, I prayed them into ministry. I did. I prayed my whole family into the ministry. When I was in Bible school, I said, God, I want my whole family with me in ministry. And when I started traveling, my, God spoke to my dad. He had a job for 25, 30 years. And God spoke to him. He said, leave your secular job and go into the ministry with your son. And both of my parents came into the ministry with me. Praise God. Because there's something I believe prophetically even that God is doing in this generation where it's not just God moving in one generation or another generation, but it's, it's, it's transgenerational. It's God is taking all the, the generations together and he is moving through the generations together. And I feel like even that model is here in this house where, where through, I love that mom that you were up here preaching this morning. That was fantastic. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. To have the whole family flowing. It's, it's a prophetic picture of what God is doing in this hour. That he's turning the hearts of the fathers to the sons and daughters. And the hearts of the sons and daughters back towards the fathers and the mothers. Hallelujah. Bringing restoration. Even within families. And I believe even in marriages. God wants to put such an anointing on your marriage. That your marriage is filled with joy. Filled with peace. Filled with life. Before I got married, people are like, oh, God uses marriage to kill you. And I'm like, no. I'm like, no. I don't need a wife to kill me. I have enough other people trying to kill me. I just, you know, it's not why I want to get married. I want to get married so, you know, there's joy and life in it. Now, look, I know, you know, two becoming one, there's always a give and there's, you know, some dying to self, of course. Because you're not just, you know, it's not just you living for you. Now it's also the other person living for you. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Come on, bro. No. <laughs> you know, it's not just serving yourself. It's now the other person serving you too. So praise God. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but God, God really, you know. I, I waited a long time and I was like, Jesus, you know, I want the one that you have for me. And, you know, I tell you what, the last place I was looking for a wife was in the jungle of Africa. I did not go to Africa to find a wife. I went to Africa to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, cast out demons and see, you know, people come to know God. But as I was in the jungle, I mean, in the jungle, it wasn't even like a nice, you know, hotel mission strip. It was like jungle mission strip, sleeping on the floor in the dirt, no running water, nothing. For days and there we are out in the jungle and I have a vision in front of me of this angel I'm like oh who's this angel out in the jungle 
And it was my wife. <laughs> Praise God. And she's here with me today. And she's kind of replaced my dad as my travel partner. But my dad's very happy. He's like, Matt, I'm very happy. It's very, very good. So, you know, now he actually gets to spend time with my mom at home because he was with me on the road all these years. So now he's at home with my mom and they're having a great time. So, <laughs> praise God. So, this was Steph, come on up here. This is Stephanie. This is my wife, my beautiful little angel. She's sweet. She's anointed. She loves Jesus. She washes my feet. No, just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm in a funny mood this morning. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, baby. Say hi. Hey, yeah. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Harvest family. How's everybody doing? You are so funny, Matt. Oh, gosh. Okay. Praise God. Pastor Dan, that worship was awesome. Do you guys have a CD? You do? Okay, awesome. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, yeah, you guys you guys should come out with a CD. You beat me to it. So, <laughs> iTunes, okay. iTunes, everybody. Um, anyways, I just wanted to share a brief exhortation Um during worship, I know many of you have experienced the freedom of God, but I feel like God wants to take you all to a new level of freedom in Him. And, and during worship, the Lord gave me a picture of things lifting off of people and like dissipating into the air. And what that could be is maybe you've, you've had old labels that you've had on you or just circumstances that have really weighed you down. And I felt the Lord lift them off of you today. And it could be an old season that you're in and God is lifting up that new season and bringing you into something new. And I feel the Lord saying that this place is a gathering of sons and daughters of God. And I feel him saying it's time to believe who you've been created to be, which is a son and a daughter of God who's had, who has distinct gifts inside of you and purposes inside of you that's different from the person next to you. We need to learn how to celebrate each other's differences and celebrate each other's callings and giftings and not compete or try and compare, but celebrate in it. And I just hear the Lord saying, go for it. Anything that you've been believing in and hoping for, just go for it. Just step out and the Lord will step out with you. So praise God. Woo! <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes, baby. You are awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Oh my God, so fun. Well, you know, for years, it's like sometimes our prayer lives are more like begging God for things. Have you ever had that in your prayer time where you're just like, please God, please God. And it's like begging God for something. And, and for even years of my own life, I lived like a beggar until God showed me that I was actually a son. And there's a difference between begging God, but then actually stepping into your true sonship and receiving what he's already accomplished for you. And this is really something that God is shifting in the body of Christ where you don't have to, you know, there's, there's intercession, there's petition, yes, but then there's got to be a transition where we move from begging God for things that he's actually already accomplished to understanding his amazing love for us as sons and daughters, that we can simply receive what he's already done. You see, a son doesn't have to beg for crumbs. A, you know, a son, you know, when a son asks a father, you know, for bread, he doesn't give him a stone. How much more will the father give us the Holy Spirit as we ask him? Hallelujah. Or every other promise in the Bible. Glory to God. So that's a good word, baby. With sons and daughters. Amen.
Yes. And you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna give the devil a big headache. Oh, yeah, he's going to regret the day he ever tried to mess with you. I'll tell you what, you see what happens? You go through trials, you go through things, but God brings you through. You come out more anointed, you come out with more faith, you come out with a higher level of authority, and then the devil regrets the day ever messing with your life. Because now everything that the devil tried to work for evil in your life, God suddenly now turns it for good and turns it, he boomerangs it back on the enemy. And that's like where the adversary tried to depress you, oppress you, keep you down, keep you hindered, keep you limited. All of a sudden, Jesus comes and sets you free. And now your breakthrough becomes a breakthrough for somebody else. And the work that God does in you becomes multiplied in other people. And now the devil's like, oh, I wish I never messed with that person. I saw that in my own family. I mean, we came to know Jesus Christ because my mom was deathly sick. She was bedridden for almost two years on 24 bottles of medicine a day. Nothing was helping her. And then Jesus comes into our life and the Holy Spirit radically encounters her and instantly heals her. And Jesus reveals himself to our family as a savior, healer, deliverer, all of it. He's everything. He's everything. And now all of a sudden God anointed our family and we've seen thousands of people healed. And I guarantee you, the devil regrets ever putting sickness on my mom. You see? And the devil's going to regret ever messing with you or your family. He's going to regret it. Because God's going to make you dangerous. Come on now. Dangerous for the kingdom of God. Not only are you going to walk in freedom, but you are going to, by the anointing, set other people free. And the truth that God has shown you, you're going to shine that truth for other people. Glory to God. So, we're going to have fun today. Oh, yes. This is fun. I think it's okay to have fun in church. It's actually okay to be happy in church. Look, if you're going to church and leaving more depressed than before you got to church, something is wrong. I mean, we should, you know, in the presence of God is fullness of joy. I think it's really okay to have joy. Yeah. I've told people, I've, I've to, one day I am going to do this. There's something I will do one day. I'm not going to give an altar call for people's hearts to get saved. I'm going to give an altar call for their faces to get saved. <laughs> now look, I know, I know. Some Christians are very deep. They're very deep believers. And Jesus is very deep on the inside of them. The problem is you just have to look really hard to find him. <laughs> but it's Jesus on the inside working on the outside. He wants to be seen on the outside. So it's okay for our faces to get saved too. <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, look, when you're the preacher up here, you see it. It's like the eyes of God going to and fro throughout the whole earth. He sees everything. And when a preacher's up here, he sees everything. He sees all the faces. He sees all the faces. And we're like, Jesus came to heal you. Amen. I mean, you see all the different reactions. You know, God's going to anoint you, set you on fire. Praise God. <laughs> Hope it's before noon. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's okay to be joyful. Yes. I remember when I was young in ministry young pastor in ministry I was going through some trial something was happening I don't know but I wasn't I didn't have my joy on that day and I just didn't look very happy 
You know, I saw Heidi Baker two, a week or two ago, and she looks up at me, and she's like, oh, you're so shiny. You're so shiny. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I have some oil on my face. I'm a oily skin. No, 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 not, not the oil. You're shiny. You're just in the spirit. I'm like, oh, that's good. Okay, praise God. She's like, it's a compliment. I'm like, oh, good. Okay. <laughs> But it's like this day I wasn't I wasn't too shiny Ed and I remember an older minister come up comes up to me and says oh Matt it's so good to see the new level of maturity in your life and he's so serious so good to see the new level of soberness in your life and if he could read my mind I'm thinking to myself dude I'm depressed <laughs> that's what I'm thinking because I was depressed and he's like oh you're so spiritual mature now I'm like no I'm depressed I'm like, I have the same spirit on me that you've had for the last 50 years. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, but, you know, if you read the Bible, you learn truth. And, you know, you realize that one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is actually joy. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, which means, which means this. Actually, the more joy you have, the more mature you are. When your joy is not dictated to you by your circumstances. Because some people, they, they're controlled by their circumstances. Whatever is happening around them dictates to them how they feel, dictates to them their mindset, dic dic dictates, praise God, <laughs> to them. Shakarabanda, <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> To them you know their emotional state but it's you know but when it's holy spirit on the inside of you determining your joy no matter what's happening out here you can i call it the ha anointing you can have a ha anointing you know what the ha anointing is it's like no matter what's going on in here you're like ha it's like ha ha you know it's, you know you get a double portion of that anointing ha ha some of you need a ha ha anointing today Come on, try it. Ha ha. I mean, just try it. Because I'll tell you what, it drives the devil crazy. Drives him crazy when he's trying to discourage you or depress you and you're like, ha ha. Everything's going crazy. Ha ha. Come on now. <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, after the service today, myself and Stephanie, we're going to hang out in the back at the resource table. And we love, you know, just seeing people empowered and equipped and, you know, to fulfill their call, their destiny, their purpose in life. God has called you, you know, with a great purpose. There's greatness on the inside of you. And really, God sees your potential even better than you could see your own potential. And God calls us, he labels us, he calls us, he names us based on the potential, the divine potential that's on the inside of us. Not based on where we've come from, not based on what other people have said about us, not based on the limits life has placed on us. But God identifies the potential on the inside of you and he calls that out of you. Yeah, just like he called Gideon. I mean, you know, if we look in the Bible, he called, he's like, Gideon, mighty man of valor. And he's like, no, I'm the weakest man in the whole nation. And God's like, no, you're a mighty man of valor. See, God was not calling Gideon based on where he came from or where he was in the moment. And when God looks at you, he doesn't identify you based on where you've come from. He, he identifies you based on where you're going. And he identifies you based on the potential that he's put on the inside of you. Hallelujah. That's why God says, mighty man of valor, even though he was afraid and, and hiding. 
in fear. But God knew him better than he knew himself. And thank God he knows us better than we even know ourselves. Praise God. And we've got lots of different teachings out there. This one, you know, God doesn't want to just temporarily relieve you in his presence. Like you come to church and you worship and there's a relief there from maybe things that you're dealing with in your life. God doesn't want to just temporarily relieve you. He wants to permanently transform you. So even when you leave church, there's still a change on the inside of you. Right? Where it's not we get a breakthrough, but then we go back and then we get a breakthrough and then we go back. But God wants to bring you from breakthrough to breakthrough to breakthrough to breakthrough. Where you're going from glory to glory, freedom to freedom in your life with a permanent change. Even the most stubborn areas. You know, God could change even the most stubborn areas of your life. Nothing's impossible for him. Even the very things today that you would sit here and identify and say, oh, this area of my life just cannot change. Nothing's impossible for God. He's able to change the most stubborn areas of your life. And that's good news. That's why the gospel is good news. Amen. <laughs> so we have this, this teaching series called Deliverance and Permanent Change. And we teach you not only how to get free, but how to stay free. And that is very important. And then for folks, who, how many want the fire of God? You just want the fire? We've got this. It's a worship, prayer, and, and scripture CD. It's called Awakening. And it has all scriptures on the Holy Spirit, the fire of God, the presence of God. And then we release prayers of impartation over you, all with worship music playing. Prayers and scripture and worship. And it's a great thing just to play in your house and even set the atmosphere of the presence and the Holy Spirit in your house. And um, I don't know, there's a lot of different resources out there. This one is called Visitation to Habitation, Moving into the Greater Glory. It's how to transition from momentary visitations of God in your life to a permanent habitation of the Holy Spirit. How many want to wake up in the glory? Go to sleep in the glory. Drive your car in the glory. Be careful with that one. But still, drive your car in the glory. I mean, just, in other words, clean your house. In the, it's like whatever you do in life, it's filled with the presence of God. You have a habitation of Holy Spirit. So we have that teaching set, visitation to habitation. And then we have our book called Powerful Life. Release God's greatness within you. You see, and this is all about getting set free from anything the enemies tried to do in your life and know your identity in Christ, experience total healing of spirit, soul, body, and mind, but then release that breakthrough to other people. Not just get a breakthrough for yourself, but really see that breakthrough released for other people. And, you know, I believe the anointing transfers in a lot of different ways, whether it's CD, video, in writing and worship music the anointing transfers and there was a gentleman that was reading this book halfway through the book bound by depression for 18 years it was a stronghold in his life as he was reading the book and truth was truth was bringing light into his mind he was instantly set free from that stronghold of depression instantly set free i love i love when the anointing touches people oh i really do because I tell you what, God can accomplish way more than we ever could. You know, I went to college before going to Bible college. My major was psychology. I was going pre-med. I was going to be a doctor. And then I discovered Dr. Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, I love doctors. Doctors are great. But I mean, we do serve a doctor, Dr. Jesus. And, you know, I studied psychology and I could psychoanalyze you. 
I could tell you why you were so messed up. I could tell you this happened, this happened in your life, this environment happened, you know, this word was spoken to you, this trauma happened, and I could identify all the things that created you to be how you are. And then I discovered something, that you can know why you're a mess, but just because you know why you're a mess doesn't automatically make you not a mess. But it's like, well, okay, I understand why I'm a mess, but now, God, please take my mess and create a message from it. You know, like, do, like, take this mess, God, and, and straighten it out. And, you know, it's good to understand why you're a mess, but then it's also really good to become not a mess. Right? But I've discovered, too, that there are some things in our life that really require the tangible anointing of the Holy Spirit and the living Word of God to heal us in places that only God can. That only God can. And He does. We serve a good God. Come on, I say we serve a good God. We serve a good God who is able to heal us everywhere we hurt. He, he is able to set us free and change us in permanent ways. Where we look just like him. Oh yeah. You know, and the more you look like him, you'll shock people. You'll shock people with the presence of God that you carry on your life. With the love of God that's in you. I love going through airports. I love airports. Airports will either, you know, they will either, you know, bring out the worst or the best. I mean, airports, you know, can be stressful places. Everyone's kind of like, ah, oh, you know, running, trying to catch their plane. And it's great carrying the presence of Jesus into an airport. I'll never, just recently, I walked up to the ticket counter to get my ticket for the plane. And I walk up and... I was shocked by the reaction of the lady on the other side of the counter. I walk up to the counter and she goes, oh, she goes back like that. She says, oh, she says, you're so nice. You're so kind. I love you. <laughs> That's what she says to me. I'm like, oh, praise God. You love me. Amen. Love you too. You know, so, but after she gives me the ticket, I'm walking away and she's like, I love you. <laughs> I'm like, love you too. You know? <laughs> It's like you could just shock people with the goodness of God. Shock them with the love of God. Shock them with the presence of God. But they don't even know what they're encountering. They're just like, oh, what is that? You're actually nice. You're actually kind. Whoa. It's fun to shock people. I'm not talking about the type of shock where, you, you know, you put your feet on the rug and touch someone you know that's not the kind of shock I'm talking about I'm talking about Holy Spirit like glory and that glory is not just for church that glory is for wherever you go wherever you go I will never forget we were in and I do have a prophetic word I want to share but I just want to share this story can I share this story real fast this is a fun story we were in a, another nation, Estonia, and we were doing a set of meetings there. And it was a wonderful gathering. There was maybe in the night meeting around 2,000 people, I'd say. And we're up on the platform, and the presence of God came in in such an amazing way. I, I remember lifting my hands over my head right into this tangible glory cloud. It felt like electricity. And there was another minister on the platform, and I said, lift your hands. The glory cloud is right over our heads. And he puts his hand right into it. And we feel the electric power of God. And in a moment, miracles break out in the whole room. Deaf ears start opening up, blind eyes, tumors dissolving. I mean, just en masse, shoot, the power of God hit the whole place. And then in the very back of the room, there was the door to the church, and it was open. I see people walking on the outside of the street. 
And I say, God, those people are walking by. They're missing your glory that is in this place. And he said, bring it to them. I said, okay, God. So I went to the team and I said, guys, tomorrow afternoon when we go to lunch, we're going to bring the glory out on the street. And they're like, okay. So we didn't have a big program or anything like exactly how we were going to do it. We were just going to go and look. And I said this. I said, just look for someone who needs healing and pray for them. Okay. So we're out on the street. So one of the team guys finds us, look like a little homeless lady, really cute little lady. So they go up to her, do you need healing for anything? Oh yeah, I can't use this leg. Okay, we'll pray for you. So, hey, Matt, this lady needs healing. So I run over. Now she had never been in church before. She was not charismatic. She doesn't know how you're supposed to react when the Holy Spirit touches you. She doesn't know anything. She's just standing there. And I put my hand on her shoulder and I say, Jesus, get her. <laughs> Holy Spirit, fill her. And all of a sudden, she starts going like this. Ooh, she starts waving back and forth. And then she starts pulling her shirt. And she's like, whoa, it's hot. It's hot. Whoa, it's hot. I'm like, that's, that's Jesus. Whoa, it's hot. And I'm like, now move your leg. Do something you couldn't do before. And she starts moving her leg around a little bit. I'm like, no, really move your leg. Do something you couldn't do. And she starts kicking her leg in the air. She's like, whoa. And she starts kicking her legs in the air. And she marches down the street. And she starts screaming, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. And she's kicking her legs like this. She goes around the corner and she's gone. <laughs> gone. And I turn to my friend. I'm like, that was, the, talk about a drive through healing. <laughs> I mean, she didn't even stop. She just kept going. <laughs> and, and then this lady, she was standing, because we're outside, right? So this lady sees this happen and she comes running. She, she. She shocked me. She comes running right up to me. She's like, she's like, how do I know God? How do I know God? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, you want God to do something for you? No, I don't want him to do anything for me. I just want to know him. How do I know him? Because she saw the lady get healed. And I'm like, well, that's easy. Just give your heart to Jesus. And she's like, okay. So right there, she gets saved. She gives her heart to Jesus. And then I say, well, now you need the Holy Spirit. You need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit? I'm like, don't worry. You'll love him okay I'll take Holy Spirit too so I'm like Holy Spirit filler and I mean we're on the street corner no catchers nothing boom she hits the cement I mean down she's under the power of God and I lean over her and her mouth is like I mean she's speaking in full-blown tongues right on the sidewalk a little flower shop we were in front of a flower shop this little flower shop lady sees the lady hit the floor I mean she's about to call the hospital for like an ambulance or something I'm like no it's okay it's just Jesus it's just <laughs> how do you explain that it's just Holy Spirit would you like some prayer oh no 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 no, <laughs> no. <laughs> she's like back it up no I don't want prayer <laughs> so this lady you know now she's filled with the Holy Spirit and then I feel this this hand behind me like this like mm -mm, like mm -mm, mm -mm. So I turn around and it's this young guy standing there with the tank top on and all tattoos up and down his arms. And he's covered with tattoos, but they're not really nice tattoos. They're like demon tattoos. They're like devil faces and pentagrams and all this stuff. And he looks at me. He's like, I worship the devil. Looks right at me. I worship the devil. So I look at him and I'm like, that's good. I said, you know, devil has some power. I said, but try God's power. How about trying God's power? And he takes a few steps back. He's like, I don't know about that. I'm like, come on. Try it. You'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> so
So he was resistant. And he's like, okay. So he takes my hand and he starts putting my hand in this vice grip. Starts squeezing my hand. So now I'm praying in tongues. I'm like, I'm like, devil, you're coming out. You're coming out, devil. So I'm like, what do you do? Like he's staring at me with these cold, glassy eyes. And he's putting my hand in. I mean, you're holding hands with a Satanist. You know, it's like, what do you do now? It's like, okay, great. You hold his hand. But now what? It's like, I don't know what to do. So I'm praying in tongues. Devil, come out. You know, so I don't know what to pray. So I'm just like, Holy Spirit, fill him. I mean, that's what I pray. People are like, you're not supposed to pray for unbelievers to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, whatever. Praise God. Holy Spirit, fill them. Do something. <laughs> it's like, whatever, you know. It's like, I've seen unsaved people get healed before they even come to know Jesus Christ. So God can encounter people even before they're saved. And then they get saved. So, <laughs> Jesus, Holy Spirit, fill them. And then his eyes, he goes back like this and his eyes get really big. He's like, whoa. And with my gift of discernment, I perceived that something was happening with him. <laughs> So I say, what's happening? He said, I just felt the wind blow inside of my body. And something lifted off of me. I feel so light. I've never felt like this ever in my life. I said, that's Jesus. Do you want him? Yes, I want him. <laughs> then you got to renounce Satanism. Okay, I renounce Satanism. I mean, he renounced Satanism. Got filled with the Holy Spirit. Boom, right there. Right there. And you know... What the key was to seeing the kingdom of God manifested out there as it is in heaven, it was just simply opening up our eyes and looking to see who needed a touch from God. Rather than being so self-absorbed with, with myself or with my lunch or with what I wanted to do, just take a moment to open up your eyes. Because there are miracles waiting to happen all around us every day. And it just takes a moment where we get our mind off of ourself and onto somebody else for the power of God to flow through you, to heal, to set free, to deliver, and to radically encounter someone. I mean, I was, you know, you're the same person walking down the street, but it's like the difference between the anointing getting released or the anointing just staying on the inside is taking that moment where you open up your eyes to say, okay, God, where, where, where do you want to move, God? Who, who, who needs a touch from you, Jesus? And then God flows. Glory. So now, if you have your Bible, I am going to read a scripture so you know that I know the Bible. I went to Bible school. I did. I went to Bible school. Read the whole Bible. It's good if you preach to read the Bible. I love this scripture in Isaiah 40. It's prophetically God has put this in my spirit. And there's a word. That God is releasing to the body of Christ. And I want to declare it over you today. I want to declare it over you. God is going to give you double for your trouble. I'm going to say it one more time. God is going to give you double for your trouble. That's not just a nice little slogan. I want you to get ready. Because God is going to release inheritance in your life. That has been either locked up or the enemy has tried to rob it. Or you have made choices in your life where at times you feel like you have maybe forfeited the things that God had for you. God is going to give you double for your trouble. 
And in Isaiah 40, verse 2, it says, Speak tenderly to the heart of Jerusalem. Cry to her that her time or her season of warfare is ended. And that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. A voice of one who cries, prepare in the wilderness the way of the Lord. Clear away the obstacles. Make straight and smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted and filled up. Every mountain and hill made low. The crooked and uneven shall be made straight and level. And the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh will see it together. And this is what the Lord spoke to me as I was meditating on this scripture. Your season of warfare is over. And God is about to release double, double from his hand into your life. And it's like the Lord said to me, the warfare that marked our past season will not be able to follow us into our new season. The warfare, the things that you contended with in your past season will not be able to follow you into the new season that God has for your life. And the Lord showed me, he said, I am going before my people and I am clearing out the obstacles. I am clearing out the plots, the assignments, the plans that the enemy set for them. And I'm going to go before them and clear those things out before they even get there. God is going before his people and he is clearing out every obstacle, every hindrance, everything that has tried to constrict you, confine you, hold you back, stumble your feet, trip you up. God is going before you to clear those things out of the way. Every valley coming up, every mountain coming down, every rough place made smooth. Hallelujah. Turn over, Isaiah, turn to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 verse 7, it says, instead of your former shame, you shall have a twofold recompense. Instead of dishonor and reproach, your people shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double what they had forfeited and everlasting joy will be theirs. Instead of dishonor, my people will rejoice in their portion and they will possess double in their land of inheritance even things that they forfeited. Now look, this is, this is the redemption of God. Where even, even mistakes we've made in life or things that we think we forfeited in God, God is saying, I'm going to come back around again and I'm going to restore not just what you lost, but I'm going to restore double back to you. Even things that you forfeited or things you think you missed in your life, everlasting joy will be theirs look part of our inheritance in God is his supernatural joy glory yeah double everyone say double double portion inheritance God has a double portion inheritance for you God is going to remove shame and replace it with his blessing God is going to remove dishonor from your life and replace it with his inheritance for you. You have an inheritance in him. I said you have an inheritance in him. I said you have an inheritance in him. Isaiah 61 verse 2, proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favor. 
the year of his favor. And one of the things the Lord spoke to me for this year is that this will be a year of the supernatural divine favor of God. You know what the favor of God is? It's God making sure that you're in the right place at the right time for his purpose and plan for your life. The favor of God is also connected to every hindrance and obstacle being removed out of your life. Anything that would hinder the purpose of God, the plan of God in your life from being fulfilled, the favor of God is going to come and clear those obstacles out of the way. Hallelujah. Now, I was ministering in Canada and I was crossing the border. I had my travel partner with me. He was one of my staff members. I go through customs. I'm there. I've preached in Canada many times. I'm going in, get my luggage. My travel partner is gone. So I look around like, where's my travel partner? So I look around. I go back through customs. Now look, if I had known then what I know now, I would have left my travel partner in customs. I would have left him in the hands of Jesus. But instead, I go back, little naive me. I'm like, where's my travel partner? I go back through customs. I see a big glass wall, and he's behind the glass wall. Tip number one, never go back to customs. Tip number two, if you see a big glass wall, stay away from it. <laughs> I see this big glass wall, and I see my travel partner behind it. So I go over to it, and I open the door. And the lady looks at me, and she's like, who are you? I'm like, I'm Matt. <laughs> she says, do you know him? I'm like, yeah, he's my friend. Come over here. So I go in. Now she's like on this big desk looking down at me. She's like, who are you? What do you do? I'm like, I'm a minister. Let me see your paperwork. So I open my bag. I have my paperwork. It's my preaching notes. I'm like, okay, here's my preaching notes. You want to see my paperwork? Here it is. And it's all like a message on, you know, how to cast out demons, how to carry the glory. So it's all my preaching. So I'm like, and she's reading them. Now she's sitting up there. And she's reading all of my notes. And as she's reading my notes, the demon in her starts manifesting. And she looks at me. She's like, you're disgusting. That's so what she says to me. You're disgusting. You think you're better than everyone else. And I'm like, no, I don't. Yes, you do. She says, you're not getting into Canada. Access denied. Boom. And she stamps my passport. And she takes my ticket and rips it up right in front of my face. She's like, you're not getting into Canada. I'm sending you back to New York on the last flight out tonight. You're going to have to sit here for 12 hours. And she puts us in a room. And she sits us there. Now, I wish I could say to you today that I was in the spirit the whole time. I wish I could say I had no fleshly reaction. I was just like praising God the whole time. But I was a little bit upset. I was in shock. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> so we're sitting there now for seven hours. And we still have another five hours to go. And by this time, everyone else clears out of the room. Everyone's gone. Everyone's gone. And a gentleman comes in and he looks at us. He says, what are you doing here? I'm like, she put us here. <laughs> she was mean to me. She called me disgusting. <laughs> oh, that's not right. That's not right. He's like, follow me. So he leads us now. And I'm like, where are we going? He leads us through all these back doors and back hallways through customs. He leads us through the back hallways of customs and then drops us off and says, okay, goodbye. And he walks away. And I, and I turn around and I'm like, we're in Canada. I turn to my friend. I'm like, we're in Canada. He just escorted us into Canada through customs. I was like, we're going preaching. Praise God. I mean, and we went. We went. We went to the church and we preached. It was great. I got the ha-ha anointing on me. I was like, ha-ha, lady. Ha-ha. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> 
But she said to me when she stamped my passport, she said, I am putting your name on a permanent list for the rest of your life. She says, every time you come through Canada Customs, you will be interrogated. I was like, thanks, lady. <laughs> Very nice of you. And she did. She put me on a permanent list every single time. Every single time I go through Customs, they pull me in the back room. They search my suitcase. They count my underwear. The last time I went through, it's like... Two big guards standing there counting my underwear ask me, why do you have underwear? I'm like, that is a stupid question. I'm like, do you wear underwear? <laughs> exactly. I needed the ha-ha anointing. Ha-ha-ha. I needed that anointing at that moment. I'm like... So anyway, so now every time I go through customs, they interrogate me and make me feel like a criminal. I'm like, praise God, here I am to help people. Yes, I'm a criminal. No. So I go to Africa and I meet my wife in Africa. So as we get to know each other, I'm like, so, you know, finding details out now about our lives. She's like, oh, I live in Canada. <laughs> I'm like, out of all the countries on the planet, your ancestors had to migrate to Canada. <laughs> oh, this is not good. This is not good. Now I'm going to have to stand there and be like, yeah, I'm here to see, you know, girl. That's going to go over great with customs. So I go, you know, we're starting to get to know each other now. And I say, okay, I have to make a trip up to Canada. So I go up to Canada. And they're at the customs. And they're like, why are you here? I'm like, well, I'm here to visit some friends. The lady all of a sudden looks at me. And the smile comes on her face, and she's like, okay, go on through. And she just lets me through. She doesn't send me to the back room. So now I grab my suitcase, and I'm like, I'm waiting for someone to come after me. So now I'm like, I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm like running through the, <laughs> through the terminal with my suitcase. I'm like, I'm out of here. And I'm like, wow, I got through. So then I go back again. How come you're here? Visit friends. Okay, come on through. Same thing. I go right on through. Then I go back a third time. Now I'm there to preach. So I tell her, I'm here to speak in a church. Okay, go on through. No interrogation. Since the moment I met this girl, <laughs> since the moment I met this girl, it's like my name was supernaturally erased off of that permanent list. You see, he who finds a wife finds favor with the Lord. But I'm telling you, it's part of the favor of God. Part of the favor of God is even obstacles and things that would try to hinder your life. The favor of God will come and just clear those things out of the way. So that you can walk on the highway of God, on the purpose that God has for you. Hallelujah. So I know I need to wrap this up. So I want to declare to you, this is a new season we're in. In fact, it's not, it's, it's such a strategic time right now where it's not just even like a new chapter being added to the book of your life. It's like the Lord is closing that old book and a brand new book is being written now. That's the type of transition and season that we're in right now. Where even things that have been tucked away in your heart that you have never seen fulfilled or manifested yet. It's like even those unfulfilled dreams and desires, God is going to cause those things to be manifested in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Can I share one more thing before I close? I know I'm already over time, but there's just one more thing in the next few minutes. I'm going to wrap it up. I promise. I get married. Stephanie moves into my house. My, ha my room was decorated like a man's bedroom. It was. You know, I used to love to go hiking in the mountains, and, you know, I found this moose lamp. I'm like, this is a cool moose lamp. So I had my moose lamp. <laughs> I had, you know, I had my, my room, my decor. I had, over my bed was the picture that I got when I graduated Bible school that my parents gave me. It was a lighthouse with waves hitting it, you know. The person whose life is built on the rock won't be moved, you know. There's this whole great picture right there. It's been over my bed since I graduated college. And then Stephanie, she's so sweet. She comes, she's like, oh, honey, I think we should, you know, redecorate the room. And I'm like, yeah, it's a good idea. Let's make a new room. Let's do it. So she, you know, picks out different things, and now it's like white. You know, my brown curtains go white. My moose lamp is in the garage somewhere in a box. And now it's really nice gold, silver, leafy bird lamp. It's really beautiful. So... <clears throat> The other day, I'm sitting in my room, and I'm like, wow, I'm looking around my room, and I'm like, this is definitely not a man's bedroom anymore. <laughs> it's beautiful, but it's not a man's bedroom. So then I look on the walls, and I still, I still have my pictures, my, my pictures on the walls, right? So all of a sudden, this thing rises up inside of me, this unction from God. Take the pictures off the wall, because as long as those pictures are on the wall, they're going to stay there for a long time. But if you want something new on the wall, you have to take these pictures down. But this thing rises, this like emergency. I'm like, why am I feeling this? So I do. I take all the pictures off the wall and I put them in my office next to, I'll lean them against the wall. I walk out of the bedroom down the hallway. The front doorbell rings. It's a delivery man with a new picture for our wall that we had ordered weeks before that I totally forgot about, didn't know when it was going to arrive. Three minutes after I take the old picture down, the new one shows in the front door. And God speaks to me. He says, you have to take down the old in order to receive the new. You have to let go of the first in order for the second to be established. And it's a scripture in the book of Hebrews referring to the law. You have to lay aside the first in order to establish the second. I was in a dream and I had two prophets prophesy to me while I'm sleeping in my dream. And in the same time, the words come out of their mouth and they say to me, you have to, you have to let go of the first in order to receive the second. And this word comes to me in my dream and I wake up out of my sleep. And this whole thing, God speaks to me. He says, you have to be willing to let go of the old in order to receive the new. You have to be willing to let go of even good things, bad things, good things, because even good things. Now, this is what the Lord showed me. When we hold on to something that God is saying, let go of, when we hold on to it, it's actually occupying space in our life. There's only so much space in your life. Relationally, ministerially, so much space in your mind, so much space in your relationship, so much space in your life. And if something is occupying that space, there's no room for anything else. And the Lord showed me sometimes the delays that we experience in life is not because God is delaying. Sometimes it's because we are holding on to something that he's saying let go of. And as long as we hold on to it, it actually delays the new thing that God wants to bring in. So God says you have to be willing to surrender, yield, and let go of 
what you know, even what's familiar, in order to receive the new that God wants to bring in. And it was like, as soon as I took the old picture off the wall, the new one, three minutes later, showed up. And God said to me, you have to be willing to let go of the old in order for the new to be established. Hallelujah. And I'll say this too, with this new season, there are new mantles and new anointings that God is releasing. It's like the oil of your past season is not enough for your new season. There is a new mantle that God wants to put on your life that will mantle you, clothe you, and anoint you for the new season that you're in now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In fact, God is divinely positioning people right now for their new season. Things are shifting. Things are aligning. Things are being maneuvered. God is maneuvering people, putting them in the right place at the right time in preparation for the whole new season that's ahead of them. So if God is talking to you to let something go in your life, let it go. Don't hold on to it. Even if you feel like you're losing something, even if you feel uncertain, even if there's uncertainty in the future, do not hold on to something familiar just because you have a fear of the unknown. Because a lot of people get motivated by fear and they hold on to what they know because they're afraid if I let this go, then what will I have? It's the reason why people stay in bad relationships. They hold on to something bad because they, they say, well, at least I have this. And if I don't have this, then I'll have nothing. And then meanwhile, they're delaying the good thing that God wants to bring them. This is where Stephanie was sharing earlier that you don't have to settle in your life. You don't have to settle. But sometimes we hold on, we hold on, we hold on. And God's like, no, let it go. I've got, I've got the best for you. Hallelujah. Come on now. I know I'm talking to someone here. I know I'm talking to someone. God has a new mantle for the new season, a new anointing for this new time that we're in right now. I had, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to close with this. It was a week or two ago. It's probably almost two weeks ago now. I'm in a meeting and Heidi Baker out in LA, she's ministering. She starts to pray at the altar time. I'm minding my own business. I'm worshiping God. All of a sudden the Holy Spirit moves upon me. And with my eyes open, I see, now I don't have time to explain it this morning, but I see the mantle that's on me, that God put on me when I was younger. The mantle for the ministry and for the season that I served God in for 13 years in this travel ministry. A mantle that God had put on me as a single person to serve him full time in the ministry. I see this mantle on me and suddenly I see it with my eyes open get lifted right off of me. It comes up like that. And I look up and I can actually feel it lift off of my body. And I look up and I see it. It goes right up. And I say to myself, my mantle just lifted off. But then all of a sudden, I feel the presence of, a, of God clothe me from the top of my head all the way down my body. And God puts another mantle on me. A new mantle on me. And God says, I'm releasing new mantles for this new season. And the mantle is going to empower you to do what God has called you to do in this time, in this, in this hour. Hallelujah. 
I don't have time to go explain the whole thing, but there are different seasons, different times. God anoints people in different seasons for different things, and sometimes mantles can even shift. I mean, there are some things in your call that will always be the same, but there are also different anointings God will put on you for different seasons in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I declare over you today, double for your trouble. That God is going to release a double portion anointing and inheritance in your life. And that this is a new season where God is laying aside the first to establish the second. That God is going to release a whole new oil upon your life. Hallelujah. And get ready because the ceiling of your last season has now become the floor of your new season. You see... And I'm reminded that Cindy Jacobs says it like this. It's time to stand on the shoulder of giants. It's like the giants, it's, and this, that's even part of the intergenerational anointing, where it's like the giants of the past season, their shoulders become your floor for the next season. And this is what happens as generations work together. It's like you keep going higher and higher and higher. And it's like in your life, the ceiling of your past season has now become the floor of your new season. And God is lifting his people to a higher place. Hallelujah. So Father, right now, I just release that in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you for the mantles you're releasing in this hour. I thank you for the fresh oil, the new oil that you're releasing, God. And Lord Jesus, we give you full rule and reign in our hearts and our lives and our ministries and our families and our relationships, everything, God. And Lord Jesus, we let go of whatever we need to let go of in order to receive what you want to bring into our lives. Lord Jesus, we surrender. We say yes to you. And Father God, I pray that you would anoint people afresh and anew in this hour. Father, that our lamps would be full of oil. Full of oil, God, for the season that we're going into. And Jesus, I pray right now that wherever shame or dishonor has tried to cover people's lives, any person in this room father i pray that you would remove that shame and remove that dishonor and replace it with a double portion inheritance for them father that their portion would be supernatural joy father that the favor of the lord would go before them and father your favor would open doors that no man could shut and would shut doors that no man could open father that we would stay in the right place at the right time for what you are doing in this hour and Lord Jesus, I just release, Holy Spirit, I just release that anointing. I release your presence. Father, I release your living word in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray today, God. We just thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Lord. I'm going to pass this back over to the pastor. And then I'm going to just, if you feel like lingering in here for a little bit, Stephanie will be out at the resource table. But I will just pray some more of the holy spirit over just over this place and over your life because i feel like there's just a brooding of the holy spirit and it's like even as the holy spirit brooded over creation god spoke and things were created there's creative power that gets released as the spirit of god as the anointing just hovers around us and within us so god bless you